Welcome to the Women's Utilities Network, One for All podcast, our corner of the world where we'll be talking all things energy, water, sharing personal stories and debating female issues. Enjoy. Welcome to the latest Women's Utility Network, One for All podcast, looking into the future of renewable energy. I am Karen Hosking, Industry Advocate at One, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Monica Balansky from Thrive Renewables. Today, we will be discussing how renewable energy is developing to meet zero carbon targets for the UK and how the UK energy landscape is evolving for a grid fit for future generations. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Monica. Please, can you tell us a little bit about your career journey to date and your current role at Thrive Renewables? Yes. Hi, Karen. Um, very excited to be here. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, yes. So um, I've been in the industry now for 15 years, which is, um, uh, yeah, really yeah. looking back feels like a long time. But at the same time, it just seems um, like it was yesterday. So I um, uh, I was always very interested in sustainability uh, and even during um, the, um, the university and uh, I kind of, when I was thinking about my career, I always wanted to go into sustainability. I wasn't then sh- quite sure what it would be, um, you know, uh, whether it'd be more sort of social elements or more um, kind of environment. Um, but as I got my first job after university in 2000, for I came across some community projects and some of them had elements of renewable energy and I was just like wow this is amazing and this is what the future needs to look like uh, we need to move away from fossil fuels and um, and using you know wind and solar and and, and all of that that's kind of uh, nature is giving us so then I um, I joined Trados Bank in 2007 and uh, Trados uh, was managing a um, a, a fund, a company, Trios Renewables, which is still the business I'm I'm in today. However, since then it's had few changes and 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 been on a, a tremendous growth path. Um, so I I had the privilege of working for Thrive now for um, 15 years. Um, I am now in the in the role of investment director. But um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey and it's a very exciting company. Um, and I just had that opportunity of seeing projects uh, that we've been developing and building and financing. Um, and also what is very unique about Thrive is that we are owned by 7,000 shareholders. Um, and so it's a, you know, it's a very strong sense of community and, and uh, investment with a purpose. So um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, could you give our listeners a little bit of an overview of the te- the types of technologies you work with at Thrive and how they contribute to the net zero grid? It's quite interesting where, where when, when Thrive started, um, which is now um, nearly 30 years ago, only 1% of UK electricity or less than that was coming from renewables. Um, these days, you know, was, we're breaking records every week um, with some days almost, you know, half of our electricity coming from renewables, which is amazing. Um, so historically, I've done a lot of investment in onshore wind um, and UK has fantastic wind resource. And that that, that was really the, the, the first renewable, te- renewable technology um, that we've been developing. Uh, moving on solar, um, as the cost of solar uh, became 
um, you know, went down, that uh, meant uh, we could do a real rollout in UK of solar technology. And, and now that we have um, uh, such a huge uh, contribution from solar and wind in the UK electricity system, we really need um, storage. Uh, so battery storage is something that is um, you know, very important going forward and uh, it, it will have to be part of the uh, electricity mix. Um, so we as Thrive um, very much look at this, what the future electricity system will look like. Um, so it will be renewables, it will be storage, it will be um, you know integrated um, systems and managing demand and so on. So the way we're looking at, at Thrive at these things is what is the future electricity system and you know, will our investment portfolio reflect that? So we've been almost building, um, I would say, a microcosm of those future technologies in our uh, in, in our space. That's where our main focus is right now. Thank you so much. So there's been an awful lot of media coverage um, in the re- in recent times, really, in regards to the current state of play for, in particular, in, for onshore renewables and planning consents. So in the UK, where do you think we are in terms of development? It's a very interesting question. Um, the problem right now is, given our um, decarbonisation, not just electricity, but also heat and, and transport, we really need to double the um, the electricity system we now operate, right? Um, and... The challenges we see right now is the grid and the ability of grid to take on the amount of renewable storage um, that that needs to be uh, built in the next decade. Um, so these are the main challenges really um, on development right now. And I was actually at a conference this week, um, uh, it was a storage conference, and I was speaking about um, uh, yeah, challenges right now and so on. And one question came out was, would you start greenfield development of, of new projects? And I kind of said, I, I probably think twice because it feels like there is so much, so many projects right now out there uh, that are in the development process uh, with very long grid delays that, you know, I think is the real question whether a lot of effort should go into building what's out there and then integrating that into the the wider electricity system and also you know the the needs to go in tandem with the rollout of electric vehicles and um air source heat pumps and ground source heat pumps and and so on so um yeah the the balancing of all the technologies and and also how the rest of and how we're using them as as a as a society is um yeah, it's going to be very interesting to watch in the next um, decade, I think. Certainly very exciting and dynamic space to be working in at the moment. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you yeah. again for yeah. finding the time <laughs> to speak to us, especially off the back of a, of your conference this week. So at the moment, who would you say are particular, who, who are particularly interested in the development of renewable generation projects? So who do you find are the, are the kind of key mm. stakeholders in um, kind of getting a project off the ground? It's interesting because it's a whole spectrum. So we see obviously you know, the, the the very the very large um, large developers out there, companies that um, you know developing megawatts of. I mean, there's the, the, the some developments where you have hundred or five hundred megawatt schemes, and you know they becoming a little bit of a norm. But I think we should also consider 
what are the needs of kind of more local level of development. So something we at Thrive are very keen on and proud of is working with community groups that are developing projects. Um, and those projects with uh, with local communities often have a, um, you know, more of a, a, a kind of wider wider social environmental aspect to it, which means that they provide local benefits or, you know, local uh, contribution to various um, local initiatives. I'll give you an example. At Thrive, we were privileged to provide financing to a community wind farm in Bristol. Um, this project is, um, so seven years ago, a community group in Bristol sat down in a pub why don't we uh, develop a wind turbine and why don't we own a wind turbine and benefit from it as well? Um, so, you know, it's not just big companies around Bristol come and, 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 and build their own wind turbines and, and provide electricity. We also want to be part of this. Um, so they were very successful on obtaining planning permission. It took a time as the stakes in UK and they obtained great connection offer and so on. And, they're building right now the largest onshore wind turbine in England for megawatts single turbine, um, which just had uh, blades delivered last week. And what is amazing is they own this project 100% and any profits which they will realize from the project, they will go into paying for education, you know, various local initiatives. Um, and this is in a really deprived area of Bristol. Um, so it's really, you know, it's really amazing that that they they took ownership of this, you know, with with action, acted with action on on something that's really, you know, close to their hearts. And I think you do have to have a passion for this yeah, kind you, of industry, don't you? And I think it, you must, it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yeah, that... exactly. It's it's the passion that that drives the change. And um, and you know, they they became a a real example of of how this could be done how you can manage stakeholders, how you can bring finance, how you can talk to contractors, how you can negotiate contracts and so on. And, you know, hopefully they will be a very good example for communities around UK. Absolutely fantastic. And I, I certainly think um, most of our listeners could probably think of uh, a few ideas or locations in their local area and start lobby lobbying for, for possible more locally, um, locally sourced um, renewable energy. So, yeah, really great to see Thrive working in that kind of area. Um, we probably touched on it already, already a little bit, but uh, my next question was surrounding the kind of the key benefits and challenges onshore renewables present in the terms of of our ambitions. So, I guess we're we're really looking as a country to really shift our energy dependency to renewable energy from traditional gas storage and um, imported energy. Um, for various reasons, we we don't see as much of that at the moment, and um, that's been particularly challenging for energy prices in the winter. So, would you say there are any other uh, kind of key benefits or challenges you'd like to like to pull out um, in regards to to renewables and their development? I mean, we are, we are we are in an interesting phase right now when you're looking from investment perspective, where the interest rates have gone up. This created, um, you know, some uncertainty. The cost of equipment has gone up as well on the back of inflation. And even though power prices were, you know, very high in the last year and and still this year, but it feels like it's peaked and it's it's going down. And our long term projections are 
actually, um, you know, power prices returning to the levels they they were two three years ago. So it it it, it had you know those factors and and as well political uncertainties and issues around supply chain and and things like grids and uh, planning kind of you know is it, yeah causing quite a lot of questions and just trying to think how to make things work is is harder than it was before and so i would say is you know it, it requires a, a patient view we need to achieve decarbonization and um you know, i think that's very clear to everyone lots of funds are investing on because the esg uh, requirements and also you know that zero target um so yeah, but it it does need more patient kind of capital just to think about how how to invest and how to see these investments as very long term. But you know, at the same time, they need to happen quite quickly uh, because of the climate challenges we face. Absolutely, and that's some some really good food for thought there uh, for our listeners. So, in regards to change that we need to see in order to drive forward the investments you've mentioned and and to grow to the level we need in the renewable sector. What do you think needs to happen both maybe at a, a corporate level for corporate customers, um, consumers and you know anybody else that can support this transition? Mm-hmm. I mean, something I am very encouraged right now is how much interest there is from corporates about entering into arrangements where perhaps they've got some renewables um, on their premises. So say a factory having a wind turbine in their grounds and they can use electricity from from it or solar or having um you know kind of more direct ppas with uh, with renewable energy generators i am really encouraged by that and you know historic um, thrive has been doing private we call it private wire projects for a while and historically the driver was primary around reducing power prices to customers um, and that that drive is there, and even now is is even stronger on the back of current electricity prices. But the other really important drive is getting to net zero. So um, you know that is equally um, you know on the on the same kind of level, and I think that really encourages the change as well. Um, I mentioned grid issues uh, in in UK are, are are a big problem. Well, actually doing private wire with corporates is removing some of that risk or need for um uh, you know for grid connections to the same degree as as you would need on a standalone project so so i'm yeah i'm very encouraged by uh, where corporates are and business generally is 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 looking and you know same with individuals there is a a, a massive public support for uh, for renewables uh, for uh, clean energy uh, for achieving net zero, um, and that's demonstrated by um, the fact that um, you know public is supportive of various initiatives, is supportive of investing in in in, in companies like Thrive uh, and others, uh, and is also looking for when making choices around supply of gas and electricity is is looking for those tariffs that provide green uh, green energy. So. Uh, yeah, we can really see that you know people are right now acting, um, uh, you know, with their values in mind, um, and yeah, we, I think that is what's driving the change really. 
I'd absolutely agree with that. I think it's the sustainable message that um, a lot of companies want to give to their their shareholders and also that kind of real desire for everyone to just do the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, for one, are, are on a, a green tariff for my home. So uh, that's I feel like I'm doing my, my own little bit, um, apart from my day job, of course. But uh, we're here to talk about you today. <laughs> I've got the green tariff as well. So, yeah, <laughs> there we are. So if anyone wants to ha- have, it's, a, have it's an idea of what to amazing. do. I, um, I actually live in a block of flats um, in Bristol. And I was, was thinking, well, there's really nice sort of space. Why don't why don't we have, a, a, you know, panels on this on this apartment block? Um, and I just I just couldn't comprehend in my head how this could be done. And actually, you know, coming back from the conference, I had some very interesting discussions with various um, um, potential clients and exactly this kind of example, somebody coming in and, you know, talking about owning thousands of uh, properties around the UK and they want to put uh, panels on those and and um, provide electricity to the um, to the uh, leaseholders. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. That's there's ways of actually making this happen for everyone. Um, and what's really amazing, and you ask me what, what change needs to happen, the digitalization and, uh, you know, having better management systems. And um, I mean, that's that's going to be transformational, how we use grid and how we can make um, yeah these very schemes really work for everyone. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, what advice would you give anyone interested in pursuing a career in the renewable sector? That's a great question. And I actually, yeah, I speak to lots of young people that are exactly in that position. I want to say, you know, we need uh, in the sector every talent you have, you know, whether you're good with numbers and you want to come and become a kind of more analyst investment role, um, uh, there's plenty of opportunities. But also if you are more creative and perhaps you're in marketing or kind of more social sciences and so on, there is there's huge uh, opportunities as well. Um, you know, it is really a place where everybody can build their careers. And it's really what's amazing. What's been amazing to me is that it's a it's a sector and industry that just lots of lovely people work in. And, uh, you know, it very much feels as a community of common interest uh, working in this industry, just trying to do good. I, I would say look for the look for the right organizations you'd like to work for and be bold, um, approach people within those organizations and just have those conversations and something will come out of those. So, um, yeah, I definitely would say that right now, um, yeah, if I was to say what is the the things that you know sh- should happen is, is, yeah, we need more talents to come to the industry to really drive the change. Absolutely. And I'd second that. And I think... Um... It's an incredibly diverse um, industry that we work in in the renewable sector and um, yeah. certainly very close. We share lots of ideas and um, it's certainly something I've only been in the renewables uh, sector myself since 2018. And I found I, I'm learning something new every single day. So, yes, I yeah, absolutely. the same. <laughs> Just be um, willing to learn. <laughs> the same. Absolutely. And yeah, it's you're never bored. It's just, you know, you always work on something new, something different and and, and things are changing constantly. It's also quite nice from, uh, uh, you know, for those that like international uh, kind of relations, it's it's a sector that connects the whole world um, because, you know, it, yeah, it's, it, that, that change is happening everywhere. And obviously on the back of COP, 
discussions. It feels like um, there's lots happening in every country. Absolutely. I feel we could go on so much more talking about this. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you once again uh, for joining the One for All podcast today to to discuss um, the future of renewable energy. And um, yeah, I'd like to thank you once again, Monica, for joining me on this podcast today. And um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys listening to it. Thank you, Karen. And thank you for this opportunity. I really enjoyed us. Lovely. Thank you again.